Hello and welcome to episode six of the Dickheads podcast. My name is Rob Delves. As always, I'd like to introduce Sean Jessman and Damon Bednarski. Firstly, g'day to you, Sean. How are you, mate? Good, thank you, Rob. How are you? Yes, good, thanks, mate. Just a little bit more excitement from you, Sean. would be great. Uh, Damo, up in Sydney, how, how are things going up there, mate? Have you got a snorkel out? Oh, we actually... Played some cricket yesterday, mate. The sun oh. was out and it's been oh. sunny again today. So, yeah, no, nah, snorkel's gone back in the uh, suitcase. Um, but, yeah, no, nah, happy going up here. Well, are you still on the dog stick, mate? You still uh, throwing that around or what? Dog stick, offies, whatever's required up here, mate. It's uh, all in at training at the Renegades. Mate, you might get like a promotion as some sort of technical or assistant coach. Uh, I don't think so, but. <laughs> But how's the, uh, how's the feeling around the group, though? It's been good that you've uh, actually got, got yourself on the park this week. Yeah, it was good. Uh, results haven't really gone our way in the games that we have played, so um, the mood's down a little bit. But, yeah, I think people were just keen to actually play some cricket, which is what we're up here mm. for and did quarantine for and, and all those things. So, yeah, um, despite the results not going our way, it's been enjoyable to actually play some cricket. Yeah, outstanding. And it looks uh, looks like that you've... Uh, Got some mail up uh, up in Sydney as well. You look like you must have got a couple of parcels there because you're wearing some familiar items. Yeah, the Merch King uh, sent me the uh, Tri-X Performance T-shirt, which I've been wearing around shamelessly uh, within the hub, um, getting a few questions and queries. So merch sales might be up, boys, and uh, just a little cap there. So, um, yeah, a bit of self-promotion, which um, has been commented on amongst the group. So uh, probably a couple of fines headed my way, I think. <laughs> Oh, that's outstanding. And, of course, they were sent up by the resident Merch King. Now, uh, if you've ever seen The Longest Yard, Sean is probably like caretaker in terms of the Merch. He's the one who sort of sets up. He's probably not as well connected, even though he's from Pakenham, in terms of maybe some inappropriate dealings. But he is the Merch King. So, Sean, in terms of the Merch, mate, I think that we've got some uh, pretty good feedback and have put a Merch order in. Can you please elaborate? Yeah, we have. We've had lots of people showing interest, which has been uh, which has been great. We've been very appreciative and um, feeling very uh, grateful that everyone's wanted to get on board the merch. Um, so yeah, we put that that order in, um, and hopefully it should happen should happen very soon, and we can start to hand them out, and everyone can start repping the uh, the Triax brand and getting our name out there for some uh, for some promotion of us. Geez, you're happy with it too, aren't you? You're really happy with it. <laughs> well, it's just it's, it was a lot of pressure, you know, because when if you get it wrong, then then I I knew that you two were going to let me know about it because you've you've given me this this merch nickname, but it's they've come out oh. well and we've had some good feedback, so so we're good, we're golden. You, you hear that, Damo? We've given him the merch nickname. He gave well, he gave I've himself ever, the nickname. I don't think I've ever called myself Merch, and I've never no, been like well, Boy, Rob, Boy Rob. Your behaviours have earned you the nickname, though. I will say though, Shawnee, you you are very good at your job because I think I asked you to send it up, and Australia Post at the moment with uh, COVID, mm. it was here within about twenty four hours. So yeah, it was, a, it was actually quicker fun. quicker than I thought. Yeah, connection. I, I, I can't I can't uh, claim Fast the delivery of of the contents that was sent up to you, but I'll. I'll tell you what, I got on, onto it quick and I'm just glad you're able to wrap it up there, Damo. It would have been nice that. if you threw a bottle of wine or something in with the uh, <laughs> quarantine system that we've got here at the Hub. But um, anyway, thank you. 
I, I bet you any money you like, Sean would not have forked out to pay for Express Post either. It would have been just, you know, no, hopefully it gets up there before the end of the year. Yeah, exactly right, mate. Exactly right. Take it out there of the business go. expenses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, uh, uh, firstly, well, let's, let's move on a bit more of some serious stuff here, fellas. But uh, thank you to everyone who's checked out our, our previous podcast episodes. Uh, I think we actually get a lot of enjoyment out of making these and, and even get even more so uh, levels of enjoyment when we hear some f- feedback from um, the episodes we've had. So we appreciate everyone that's sort of given us some good support and feedback from them. Uh, it's much appreciated. You can find all the previous podcasts on YouTube, uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify as always. Uh, yeah, if you want to check out the screencast, you can do so on YouTube. And yeah, if you can leave comments, uh, ratings, questions, anything like that, we'd uh be happy to answer them and um, field any queries you might have. But that brings us into the topic of this podcast. And there's a big milestone that's about to happen, particularly in Victoria, boys. And and thankfully to the declining COVID numbers here in the great state of Victoria, we can start opening up the gyms again. So that is a massive milestone in itself and is very important, not, not only not only for athletes, but for the general population as well. Like it's been a long time for people in the community of Victoria to actually be in a gym. So it's um, quite a milestone that's coming up. So boys, why don't we talk about the gym, hey? Getting back into the gym. Maybe you could just talk about a bit of background information and, and some of the important stuff we want to uh, cover in this podcast. So Sean, you want to open us up? Yeah, so I suppose it won't really, the little discussion we're going to have here, it won't really be about um, how to sort of approach your return to the gym. We sort of spoke about that a little bit in our second podcast episode um, about a sort of a return to sport and the sort of the same principles apply there. Um, and it's not really going to be, we're not going to sit here and tell you what exercises to do or how many sets and reps and all that sort of things. Cause there's plenty of ways to skin a cat and um, we could sit here for hours and talk about, the different things of combinations you could do. Um, Damo actually does have a very good blog article on our website. It sort of gets oh. into more of the more of the nuts and bolts of resistance training. If you want to check that out, uh, triaxperformance.com. Um, oh, there's the first so, yeah, one. Today's it was even his own more, <laughs> Today's going to be more some uh, overarching principles, I guess you could call them, um, about how to sort of get the most out of your gym sessions and um, just some sort of things and tips and guide guidelines to follow um, to get the most out of your gym sessions once you are allowed back in. Easy. And so, Damo, what, in terms of overarching principles and what, and what Sean was discussing, what sort of things do we mean by that? Just general, just general discussion around that, if you could. Yeah. So getting back in, obviously, um, it's about getting the body ready to do um, – resistance training again. So, um, you know, picking what type of training you're going to do. So obviously the F 45s, um, sorts of programs are very popular. Um, but you know, a lot of people haven't been doing that type of exercise, the jumping, the moving sort of stuff that they have in their sessions. So making sure that your body is ready to do that sort of exercise. And I guess, as we've alluded to in the earlier podcast, that it's a slow and steady sort of wins the race process. So reintroduce yourself gently and um, slowly build yourself up from there um, in terms of the basics there of returning. Absolutely. And Sean, so I think you had a point about this, about the F45 stuff and strength classes around that, like what might be more beneficial when we sort of jump back into it? Yeah. So I think 
um, if you do go to a sort of fitness studio type gym like F45, um, that potentially when you when you do start back, maybe opt for their resistance training classes or their their weights classes as opposed to the sort of cardio circuit style classes. Um, if you have been doing a little bit of training at home, maybe you could start just by doing one of those circuit classes a week and then gradually build it up. But a lot of the things that you would have been doing at home won't really be the same as those type of classes, a lot more mm. jumping around and sort of higher intensity type activities that your body may not be as well prepared for. Um, so again, it's a lot of the principles we spoke about in the second podcast episode where you start off nice and slow and gradually build up to to a point where your your body can tolerate more of the more of the loads. Yeah. I think so I think if you're talking about like the resistance training overarching principles. So um obviously we're not going to come in and smash a power session first up, which is where we're <laughs> aiming to to lift max maximal weight with maximal speed. So um again a bit of common sense. So um in the article and obviously in the early podcast, we're looking at introducing probably with hypertrophy training first or muscular endurance where uh, you're looking at higher reps, um, but lower weight. So re- introducing yourself to those movements again and resistance. Um, you may have done your home workouts and had a few weights around the house, but um, I can guarantee for anyone that has been lucky enough in Victoria to um go back into a gym at some point and then being locked out again, which I think has happened to me. I was speaking to an SNC coach up here about eight times now where I've started a gym program for about two or three weeks and you reintroduce yourself to the weights. And after the first two sessions, you can't move because you haven't squatted with like a barbell mm. or any weight. Even if you go low, um, your muscles are just not used to that resistance against them. So I'll harp on it about it a lot, but it's just a start slow and steady and work your way up but it's reintroducing yourself to those movements. Absolutely. And so there, there's a philosophy, or actually not a philosophy, that's probably the wrong word. There's probably a good comparison here. So when retail opened up in Victoria recently, um, if you were stupid enough like myself to go to, to go to Chadston when you wanted to just go to Kmart, you would realise that the influx, the influx of people there was like astronomical. The place was absolutely packed. And why... It's probably a psychological thing as well because what happens is, you know, when something's taken away for so long and, you know, all of a sudden it's back, the floodgates just open. And, look, that's going to happen at the gym as well. I think that's just human nature. And so Damo raised a couple of good points there, but one of them is that you, you probably don't, like, you, you, feel, you might feel fresh going back into the gym. And so your mind is probably thinking, oh, I can still bench this amount of weight. I can still squat this amount of weight and all those sort of things. But really, you can't do that, like because you don't actually you probably not aware of your own sort of atrophy during this process or muscle loss um, to that degree. So, in order to Damon sort of touched on this already, but in order to sort of regroup that and come back into the fray, what are some of the specific things you want to do from that? Are we are we talking about full body sessions? Are we talking about split sessions still? Like, what sort of things do we want to incorporate then to help that transition back in? Um, I suppose that I wouldn't if you when you do head back into the gym it might be useful to do to start with full body sessions and that might be something that you did beforehand anyway so that's great if you did more of a muscle group split or a upper lower split um upper upper and lower body split you might again just start off with a full body instead of smashing one one muscle group or once one set of muscle groups um Mm. 
start off with the full body, expose each part of the body to the resistance training again slowly. And then as your body gets more used to it, you can start to then start to get in more volume per, per muscle group. Mm. I think frequency of training is something to consider as well. So as Rob, you said, people rushing into Kmart, people are going to be rushing into booking for um, every F45 session in a week oh, um, that their membership yeah. or get into the gym at every day in a row. Um, again, if you're going from zero resistance training sessions to five in a week, it's, it's the same thing. You, it, your body is not, you might feel fresh, but your body is going to quickly dwindle um, if you're doing that. So again, be smart have a staged reintroduction to it. Um, so doing, um, you know, maybe two or three sessions and then in the first week and then maybe up it from there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that like what you said, the frequency, that's a massive one because really if you increase your frequency that like that girl, like that drastic, then the people that are going to be most happy to probably your physio or your Cairo really, because the business is just going to be absolutely booming because of the amount of people that will just come in thinking that, um, you know, I've got the bulletproof vest on. I can start benching whatever I want. So, yeah, the frequency that from that point there, demo is huge. Um, and then that probably ties into the fact that maybe we need to be realistic in what we are, uh, what we are trying to achieve, particularly when we come back, and we have to realise that maybe the progress that you know, we once had, or the levels of performance that we attained before this period, may not be there. So, we have to sort of progress in a way that's not going to be or not going to lead to impatience as well so uh, i think sean i think this next point might come from you because it seems like it's a bit of a slogan or a bit of a quote but um we want to talk about compounding interest of one percent improvements every day like is this from that atomic habits book like where is this from yeah isn't it yeah yeah, it's from. Oh, yeah. So, if any, anyone yeah. has read the book Atom- Atomic Habits, um, oh. the author James Clear, he sort of talks about just getting, oh. getting a little bit better every day, and that's not to say that you need to go and exercise every day, because that's certainly not the message we're trying to portray here. But it's about putting in the work consistently, essentially, and that if you just continue to get a little bit better and a little bit better, eventually, it's gonna your sort of progress will increase and in six months time, you're going to be up here compared to when you started, you know, down here, as opposed to trying to smash yourself and make up for six months of lost gym mm. workouts um, all in, all in one month. Cause that's just unrealistic. Um, and you're going to, in the long run, you're going to end up, your body's going to end up cooked and yeah, your body just won't agree with it. So if you just put in, just be consistent with it, for for a long enough time and eventually the results will start to accumulate to a point where where you'll start to see some results i, I thought you were going to start talking about uh the barefoot investor or something there when you're talking about compounding <laughs> just there shawnee thought i was on the wrong podcast for a second Mate, i was waiting for the name to drop because there's so many names that are just scattered on the floor lately in these podcasts from sean like he just keeps dropping them <laughs> he's got the quote list above him Oh, yeah, there's something, there's something definitely there. <laughs> um, <laughs> so maybe, um, yeah, I, yeah, Sean, it's still what, what Sean said is a great point that, yeah, you yeah, want to look for that quick fix because let's be honest, the quick fix didn't get you to where you were in the first place and it's not going to get you back there now. So, yeah, um, yeah definitely got to leave that impatience at the door, um, particularly. Uh, it's like, it's like when you ran cross country as a kid. Like, I mean, there's always that, it was that one kid that used to go flat out for the first 400, 500 metres and was flying. And then all of a sudden, the legs are getting a bit heavy. 
Yeah, there'll be no air left in the uh, left and lungs, and then just fall back to the pack. That's what will happen in the, in the gym if you keep pumping out now the workouts in the first week. You'll soon be on the sideline. But once we get into the gym and we have a stable foundation uh, from which to build upon, we then have to start going into this thing called progressive overload, which is a uh, a concept that many people who go to the gym will be familiar with, but maybe if we can just touch on uh, implementing progressive overload after this extended period away from the, uh, from the gymnasium demo, if you want to kick us off here. Yeah. So generally you'd probably be looking, depending on how much gym experience you have, um, it might be anywhere from sort of two to four weeks that you would need to be in that hypertrophy phase. And that might be very similar reps and sets those weeks, similar exercises um, when you're then starting to look to overload that or move into say the strength and power phases would be um, the 10% rule is something that I always sort of use. So you're changing one variable by 10%. So you might increase your reps and sets so that the total increases by um, 10% or um, you're increasing your load. So if you're moving into strength, generally what will happen is you'll do less reps and you'll lift more weight. So um, each time you want to overload, that's going to be um, by a maximum of 10%. And that's how you're going to get those increases. Now, early doors, that's going to be those differences or the changes and the overload is going to be quite big. You know, you, you might actually be able to lift quite a bit more and you'll see that you'll be able to progress week to week. Um, but eventually those early um progressions are going to start to decrease a little bit and um, you might sort of hit the brick wall where there's no more diminishing returns is what it's often called where you're actually not improving much at all anymore at that point mm, absolutely and so sean is it is it a good idea because what can happen is if you're pretty being like pretty disciplined in your workouts you might get a bit bored or uh you know, a bit disinterested in um like the your workouts that you're doing so should you maybe incorporate a bit of variety and jump between a few random workouts or should you be more regimented in your period in this period sorry it's a bit of a balance like you should definitely majority of the time follow like a structured program but for every now and then doing something different whether it be just a completely different workout in general or um, even a different type of exercise in general, just for some variety. That can always be beneficial to keep a bit of um, bit of interest alive. Um, but jumping between random workouts every single session probably isn't going to be too great for for some long term progress because they can be they can be enjoyable and having that sort of random factor of never knowing what you're going to do. Um, some people find it entertaining. It's not like you you won't make any progress because you're still going to be able to get fitter and you might get a little bit stronger. But if you're not nailing the same type of exercises or the same type of workouts for at least four to six weeks, um, you're going to see, generally speaking, most of the time, you're going to see more improvement by following something structured yeah, so it's all good with um, adding in a little bit of variety, but we can also do this by regressing and progressing exercises. So, um, you know, there's your squat, your deadlift, those key movements, bench press, that sort of stuff. There's a bit of variety that you can actually have in that. So you can do different movements um, to target the same muscle groups and the same outcomes. So, um, you know, you can front squat, you can back squat, um, you know, you might use 
bands or different types of resistance and stuff like that to alter it or make it a little bit more difficult and add that variety to your session. So that might be the, they're the things that you can sort of use that when you're getting to that diminishing returns point that you actually start adding in a few uh, bits of variety that might be able to get you to start continue improving. Um, so yeah, that's the thing. Variety is good. And as you said, Sean, that might be something that you might throw in once a week as sort of like a, a mix up session that you have where it's, you know, sort of um, choose your own adventure is something that's quite common in elite sport where they get to sort of pick what they want to do on a particular day. And then the other days has their core lifts um, in there. Mm. Um, so giving them variety, but then on those other days, you might just mix it up and go, all right, we're still going to do the squat, but we're going to do a uh, front squat today or, you know, um, squat to a bench or something like that, just to mix it up yeah. so that it's, it's a different, sti- it's different thought pattern, I guess, but the stimulus of what you're actually trying to get out of it is, is the same. Yeah, absolutely. So if Sean wants to still do his beach weight session, if he wants to do the uh, upper body pump, he can still do that. Um, just as part of a, you know, a bit of an extra or a uh, regimented program. Hey, Sean. We, we all know you love a, uh, a beach weights workout before a night out, don't you, Rob? You put the, you put the <laughs> size small T-shirt on and it's tight across the chest, tight across the arms, and you start walking out with watermelons under your arms through Swan Street in Richmond yeah. and, and you go. Uh, I think yeah. the listeners should know that uh, Rob actually did order a shirt a size too small in the triax <laughs> department so that his pipes when he's on camera could uh, be popping out. That's uh, ridiculous. That's absolutely. In fact, it was too big, so I've had to put it through a dryer a few times actually. So uh, just to uh, just to get a nice fitted sort of job. Um, but not nah, good quality merch, though. You can't go wrong. So if you want to look a bit, you know, if you want to look a bit ripped and muscly, then definitely give the tea a go. But um, yeah, thanks for that, boys. Thanks for uh, just throwing me under that. That's that's good. All right. So when you actually when we've got the weight, boys, and, and when we're doing the exercises, it's um, there's always a couple of key cues that you need to follow and, and internally you have to remind yourself to do them. And I think one that may um, be forgotten amongst the technique-based cues is the actual intent to move the weight. I think a lot of people will go through the motion of lifting the weight but still um, may be lacking the intent to actually move it fast and, and with some intent behind it. So if we, do we want to talk about that? Because I think that's something that, um, people tend to forget when they're trying to focus too hard on the actual technique and, and the process that they're undergoing. Yeah. So I suppose like if you, if you're going to be doing an exercise that you've never done before that you're new to doing, then moving slowly while you actually learn the movement pattern, then there's, there's no problem with that. And everyone, everyone's going to go through that. But when it comes to, if you're, you know, doing your bench press or your squat and you're not moving, um, as fast as you can, you're potentially leaving a little bit, a little bit of progress um, out on the gym floor because you may actually move the weights slowly, purely because of how heavy they are. But if you're intentionally moving slowly when you don't really have to, then um, that's where you might not see as much progress because essentially what what we're trying to do by either moving fast as we can or putting as much um, force into our movements as we can is where trying to recruit as many uh, motor units from our from our brain and our spinal cord to the muscles um, and essentially we want we want the big ones and the ones that move fast and the only way to get them um, to move to your muscles is by trying to push things as hard as you can or, and trying to move things as fast as you can um, so and there that's all key to um, increasing your strength and your power 
Um, so if you're potentially not moving as fast as you can or not putting as much force as, as you can, um, then those motor units that you need to increase your strength or power, um, they're just not, you're not calling on them. Absolutely. Damo, do you have, um, do you have any sort of technique cues that people can remember to, um, like remember to lift with intent? Is there any cues that you use in the gym at the moment that you uh, provide to your, like your clients or your athletes or, or whatnot and how to like, move with intent? Yeah, I guess one that's pretty, um, if you're doing a lower body exercise, is sort of driving the force through through your feet. So like through your heels. So if you're squatting that you want to actually like generate force that almost that you're imagining that you're trying to rip the floor apart, but also push through it as well. So like mm. when, when you say rip, rip the floor apart, it's that you're trying to just engage as many muscles and neurons as possible, but you want to be actually lifting with intent. So if you're trying to put a hole in the ground with your feet driving upwards, when you're in a squat and it's a heavy squat, um, it's obviously going to make moving the weight a little bit heavier. So that's probably one that's very common. If you've got someone that is a bit lax on moving and quite slow through the mm -hmm. movement pattern is that, yeah, um, either ripping the floor apart or push, trying to push through it, um, especially through the heels. So, um, yeah, drive the heels is probably one that's very common, um, for me to use in the gym for, for a squat exercise. Yeah, absolutely. It's a good one. So when the gym doors open, undoubtedly, uh, what's going to happen. And we've spoken about this previously, is that there may be some influences of people's ego um, that come into the gym door. And what we mean by that is obviously when you go to a gym, there's a lot of um, testosterone thrown about in terms of, you know, people benching and all that sort of stuff. But in terms of your own personal ego, there is also um, a, potentially a negative influence on that as well. And where you may become a slave to your own numbers and, and effectively trying to, um, lift at the same rate at, at which you were before. So we sort of discussed this already, but maybe if we can talk about um, the influence of the ego on this process about returning to the gyms, boys. Yeah. So I wouldn't, day one, gyms are open. I wouldn't be walking in there trying to lift the same weights that you did six, eight months ago. Mm. Um, because really the your body and your muscles, they don't know what weight you're lifting, only your ego does. So there could be, I don't know, 20, you'd just be squatting with the barbell, but finding it pretty tough as opposed to if you were doing, I don't know, 60, 80 kilos beforehand. And that's probably to be expected, to be honest. It's not a bad thing. We've all, none of us have been in a gym for the last six, eight months. So you're going to take a few steps back. And so just, just take it day by day where you're st find, find your starting point and you might it might take you a few sessions to work out where you, where you're at um but then once you've sort of get a get a good idea you can slowly start to build from there um and your progress it isn't going to be linear it's not always going to go up and up and up you're going to have some good days and some bad days um overall you want to be trending up and hopefully you that's what you will be but don't be afraid to drop the weights um for a session or two or if you're feeling shit or you're just not feeling up to it or your body's just not responding to how it might normally respond because you, know, you haven't been in the gym for so long and um, it's going to take some time uh, to get, to get used to it. Yeah. I think it's going to be the thing. There's going to be someone there that's just huge when the first time you go into the gym and they're just going to be picking up massive weights. Um, I think that's the most important thing is to just not be, 
you know, concerned or afraid to, you know, go the dumbbells rather than the barbell the first day back or something like that, or just, you know, you know, only lifting the bar with a few plates either side, just so that you get back into it. And I think um, one major thing is technique. So obviously you mm. haven't done, you haven't done this for quite a while. Um, so if you're jumping back in and jumping on heavy weights, but you, your bench techniques crap because all you've done is push-ups for the last six months because you've been at home or you've only been squatting with your body weight and so you add some weight and you, your techniques um, off is that really that's the most important thing if you can get the technique right back and you can load up a little bit then um, everything's just going to start to slowly build up and you'll be back on track but um, if you load yourself up you've got shit technique um, and you just lifting poorly and then you just feel like crap it's just going to be a long slog if you continually keep doing that yes you might get some improvements slowly um but it's just going to be a shit time for you returning to the gym so if you can just like we said earlier just leave the ego at the door and just not be too concerned about the guy that is in there um lifting Hmm. huge weights he's probably had a gym at home the entire time and hasn't stopped um just remember what you've done and your preparation going in and what will work for you. Um, obviously, it, as we said, it's not going to take that long. You know, you give it a week or two and you, you'll be back to pretty close to sort of what you were doing um, if you train properly. If you don't if you don't do it properly, you're going to be sore. You're going to take a lot longer to do it. Um, you may lose interest in it pretty quickly as well. So um, mm. slow and steady wins the race, as I've said. And yeah, just leave that ego at the door for the first couple of sessions. And then um, you can be like Rob and try to beat your bench PB after two or three weeks back in the gym. Or you can be like Rob and actually design your own homemade bench press for the last six months so you don't lose any gains. Um, well, actually, if you're on, if you're on the YouTube uh, screencast, uh, we will. there is a photo up actually of that of that homemade bench press. So uh, you can have a look at that. Um, definitely not OH&S um, safe, <laughs> safe, but it did the job. So there we go. But um, uh, Damo, and just touching on a point there, Damo as well, is that you, know, you, you progress isn't linear uh, as such either. It, it will, you will have good days and bad days. I'm, I'm not sure if progress is that progress isn't linear. Is that in the Atomic Habits book as well, Sean, or not? Well, it, it, it might be, that, but that was yeah. just something that I... Uh... I rattled off it. I might, I may have read it from somewhere, but it's not something that I consciously stole from anywhere. Like I, like yeah, I do oh, most of my other points. Yeah, well, I was going to say maybe you, uh, maybe you don't actually know it's yours anymore. Like it's just, I think, I think there's been a little bit from column A, a bit from column B, and then all of a sudden you put your name to it. But um, yeah, but definitely realise that there's going to be good days and bad days, particularly after you play your first week in um, when you feel a bit sore. Um, definitely don't be discouraged by um, any drop in performance you may have. But as Damo said, and as Sean said as well, maybe have a bit more emphasis on your technique because you can add as much weight and resistance to your uh, current technique at the moment. But if it's no good, then you know, the, uh, you'll be probably going to the physio clinic rather than the gym um, in greater frequency. So make sure you really hammer the techie. There you go. But, uh, so the last part of this podcast, though, is something that, we all really wanted to touch on uh, quickly because it's a massive component of people going to the gym. And that is the idea, well, the idea that is the product of supplements or supplementation. So we all know supplements are massive in the gym. Um, and it's a, basically, it's an industry, effectively. It's a, marketing, um, a money-making industry um, that companies use to basically make some money. And it's 
marketed to the nth degree and essentially it's it's promoted to the public that it's essential as water in order for you to improve and so we felt it was pretty important that we speak about the supplements and um, what you actually need and and what's basically just marketing spin so maybe sean if you want to kick us off in terms of supplements and some of the pitfalls around that yeah so i suppose the any any supplements that you're going to get they should be to help you out if you can't um, if you can't achieve the the required uh, nutrients from your your diet and your food intake. Um, so I think the the most common one that you'll see out there will be protein, and there's all different types mm. of types of protein. And um, this is always good from a muscle building perspective. And some people will get plenty of protein in their diet um, to begin with. Some people won't, and you can either do it to to get to that required level or just get that little bit extra. There's not really a lot of harm in getting too much unless you're consuming stupid amounts. Um, <laughs> but if you're not, but on the other hand, if you're not consuming enough, then that's where there's probably more of a problem because um, you won't get that sort of, particularly if your goal is to, to pack on some more muscle, um, you might struggle a little bit with that then. Adding to that is that these supplementation companies and stuff like that are going to recommend that you buy, you know, their yeah. protein powders and there's a, a thousand different ones out there with different proposed benefits. Um, obviously, you can get most of it from your diet. So if you eat a lot of, you know, protein, so meats, lentils, different things like that, obviously, you're going to get quite a bit. But if you do, as Sean alluded to, want to get that extra edge, um, obviously, you can buy protein powder, but there are other options out there. So um, there's a lot of like protein based drinks. So if you're looking at sort of milks, um, and that that's got a lot of natural um, protein in there as well. So I mean, pick what works for you. So if you haven't previously done it, don't think you have to go out and buy a $250 container of protein mm. powder because that's going to be the answer for you. Um, try a few things. One of the things with like protein especially is that the taste and the consumption, it doesn't work for everyone. It's not the most um, tasty thing that you're going to have, um, but you can substitute that. So there's a lot of um, other drinks out there. Like it's just even having milk, um, itself if you want to blend that in with some other like sort of protein powder that you can get that might be a bit cheaper it might make it a bit easier to consume uh, even there's been stories of people that have a big m or something after the gym because it's got a high amount of protein obviously there's a lot of sugar in there but depending on how much you've worked out as well that's potentially going to give you a benefit as well but i think the one thing that you should add is that we we aren't trained to sort of provide advice on that either so if you really are interested in um, supplements. So if it might be protein, it might be caffeine. A lot of people like to use that before training, um, creatine, these different supplements is that you actually speak to a dietitian or a nutritionist, or as Rob's said before, the sports dietitians Australia actually is a really mm. good website as a resource to go and just have a look on there. What options that they have to recommend to use? Um, because yeah, every time you go into a gym, it's going to have their product that they're sponsored by and that they get a cut out of if they sell that protein powder. So don't yeah. feel pressured to buy that one, have a shop around, have a look around, see what options are out there for you before you drop a heap of money on that. And then you don't like it. Yeah. Okay. So that's what, what Damo said is a really important point. So before you drop, so everyone, everyone just gather in, get, get in a tight huddle before you drop, over $100 or $200 on any form of supplementation, please 
book yourself in to a dietitian or sports dietitian first because essentially if you're willing to pay that amount of money for something you don't know whether that's appropriate for you or not, it's essentially a gamble. So go actually book yourself in, get some personal one-on-one advice and don't follow TikTok or Instagram or any of the people on there who have commercial and financial backing for them to promote that product to you. It may not be beneficial for you to take. And as we said, supplements in their basic definition are to supplement what you're already doing. So if you can't get your protein in because you're on the road, that's when you have a shake. Like it's not something that you need. It's something that you use as a tool to help you get to where you want to go. And then like Damo mentioned creatine as well. Like creatine is a good one because you see that all the time. That's besides protein, creatine is the next one in line that gets flogged to an inch of its life. You know, all the boys in the gym say, nah, Brian, you had your creatine, Brian, you need that, mate. Like you need to lift that constantly. But effectively creatine is an interesting one as well and you should read up on creatine before you have it um, particularly in the sports scientists Australia again have a good fact sheet around that but some people don't realize that creatine helps creatine may, may help somebody or help someone achieve their goals um, more so than someone else so for instance Damo might already have a higher naturally stored amount of creatine so him taking supplementation might not actually do that much for him whereas if I don't really have uh, a high amount of creatine stores at the moment, supplementation might help me. But effectively, it might just help Damon put on weight. So you have to realize the fact that, you know, these supplements are essentially backed by companies that want to make money. So please do your own research on that and go through the appropriate channels. Do you have anything on that one, Sean, or have I just gone on a rant there? That's, that's it. I think, no, you pretty much hit the nail on the head. I think the other thing to look out for is, don't go buying it, as you said, Rob. Don't go buying anything that any uh, Instagram influencers are, yeah. are spruiking on their on their accounts because the only reason they're spruiking them is because they get paid when you buy them. Mm. So the the detox teas and the fat blaster drinks mm. and the meal replacement shakes mm. and all that rubbish just stay far away. Yeah, and again, we'll say it again for the people in the back that didn't hear, hear me or somebody you know on Spotify or whatever. Go see a dietitian first. And then you can save yourself a lot of money in the long run. So do it. <laughs> but we are we aren't sponsored by Sports Dietitian Australia. Yeah. <laughs> so that, we're not getting kickbacks from SDA. I'll just tell you that right now. <laughs> but that would be a funny coincidence. Yeah, but please do your own research on that one. <laughs> uh, but I think is that I think that's uh, that probably sums up from from the supplementation point of view, boys. Just make sure that. Yeah. Um, yeah, to do your own research and don't follow what somebody else is doing because as we know what works for somebody else doesn't work for, for, you know, for someone else as well so uh, make yeah, sure you do I your own research on that I think the only th- other thing to add is just um, you're not always aware of what you're actually having a lot of the times with these products so if you are sort of in and around mm. and, you know like more sub elite or elite systems and you're trying to take stuff um, just be careful as well because there might be ingredients in there that you actually can't take as an athlete that are on the band water list. They may not be particularly mm. like performance enhancing, but they're definitely on the list of, you know, uh, items that you can't take. So if you are in that space, um, I'd advise you're probably going to be at a club or an organization that has a dietitian or a doctor that can advise on what you can and can't have. All right. Well, I think that might, uh, I think that might do us for this uh, episode of the podcast boys. So I uh, thank you too for your uh, um, enthusiasm as always. And I'd like to thank everybody who has tuned in um, to the podcast thus far. And 
has uh, provided feedback, comments, um, subscribes, likes, um, everything along those lines. So we appreciate that. And again, if you have any um, questions or anything you'd like us to cover in future topics, then um, feel free to get in touch with us. Um, happy to answer any questions or field any inquiries that, um, that you may have. Um, but thanks, thanks nonetheless for, uh, for, for tuning in. But if people uh, want to get in touch with us, Sean, how do they do that, mate, via social media? If you search for Triax Performance on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or TikTok, we can't forget the TikTok. The top. You will, uh, the you will find us there. You will see some of Rob's best work. He's he's slaving away on his phone. He's he's cramming notes in his notepad, thinking, "Gee, oh, boys, I need some TikTok ideas. What do you got for me?" And Damo and I, we don't really have much because we don't really understand TikTok. So this is all Rob's doing. So make sure you check out check out the TikTok. Otherwise, get in touch with us on any of the other social media platforms. Yeah, good stuff. Well, I'm sure. Very humorous, mate. But then I'll be the one laughing when we get 100,000 views on a video and all of a sudden this thing just goes through the roof. And then you're like, oh, boys, oh, boys, how good's TikTok? How good's TikTok? And I'm like, yeah, boys, that's all right. Uh, and Damo, so for, for a more formal means of communication, how do people contact us, mate, the old-fashioned way? Yeah, so admin at triaxperformance.com is the email address um, and the website if you want to check out the resistance training blog as well. Um, oh, self-promotion oh, plug here. Uh, that's um, oh. triaxperformance.com is where you should go and check out that blog. Nah, very good, Damo. Very seamless sort of plug there, but uh, well done. So we'll, uh, we'll catch you all next time on the Deakheads podcast. Bye for now.